Now that the bye week is upon us, it's the perfect time to take stock in this Green Bay Packers team. To do that, we're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about a win over the Detroit Lions, even though it is the Packers bye week. One last wrap-up opportunity. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone. Expert interview. We have Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us as he does every Wednesday during the season. Nathan, how you doing today? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Glad to have you on, as always. Uh, Nathan, uh, one last look back at this Detroit Lions game. And uh, a guy who always gets a lot of attention, Aaron Rodgers, was what we saw from him this past Sunday on par with what we've seen from him earlier in his career because he had got so much criticism for his performance against the Vikings. Yeah, a lot of his play was a lot more similar to what we've seen in the past, especially uh, when he wasn't under pressure throwing intermediate or short passes. He was basically unstoppable in this game. Uh, Without pressure, he had an NFL passer rating of 146.1, which is pretty close to perfect there. And part of that's in thanks to the offensive line, which was keeping him out of pressure for the majority of the game. Um, There is still slight reason for concern because when he was under pressure, which was on eight of his dropbacks, uh, he ran twice but was only able to complete one of his six passes, which typically in the past we've seen him do a little better under pressure. And then he also failed to complete a deep pass. I think he only attempted two deep passes in this game, deep being 20 yards in the air or more. But uh, when he was throwing intermediate and short passes, he was very good, and that's what he was doing basically the entire game. And because of that, he was on our team of the week this past week. Yeah, I think we can say it's a step in the right direction at the very least. And hopefully he just continues to get better from here from a Packers fan perspective. Uh, But Nathan, the running game, uh, who's the real Eddie Lacy? Is it the one, the good one from Sunday that we saw or the average one from the first two weeks? I actually don't think there was a huge difference in Lacey's play from uh, this past week to the weeks before. I think it was more the run blocking just got a lot better from the, this past week to the previous week. Lacey was just averaging 1.3 yards before contact per carry last week at, or against the Vikings two weeks ago, and then this last week against the Lions. It was more than twice that, so Lacey had a lot more room to gain yards before he was even contacted, which helped him do even more after contact as well. So I think that had a big role in his yards per carry increasing. Also, since the Packers were winning, he was able to run more, which helped his stats as well. 
Um, he only had four players miss tackles on his carries, which was the same in both the Lions game and the Vikings game. But I definitely think it was uh, his best running game this season, but I think it was just a small step up from the previous weeks from being average to being pretty good. Sounds good to me. I'm glad to hear the offensive line is uh, doing well. Um, uh, other skill positions, uh, I'm concerned about the wide receivers apart from Jordy Nelson. Is there any one of the wide receivers that's really stood out above the rest? I think that if you look at these three weeks as a whole, Randall Cobb has been the second best receiving option so far. Um, he hasn't been nearly as good as he was, say, two years ago but he's still better than he was last year, and he's been a little better than average so far this season. Um, He wasn't a big part of the Lions game outside of his one big catch, but um, he hasn't been dropping any passes. He's still been doing decent when he's been targeted. And then if you look specifically at the Lions game, I think it was uh, Devontae Adams' most impressive game so far this season. I know he only had two catches, but both of those catches were impressive. Um, he only had 18 pass routes since the Packers were running so much. So I'll take two good catches on 18 pass routes over uh, what he had the two previous weeks when he was running uh, around 40 routes each of those weeks. Yeah, I can buy that definitely with uh, the previous touchdown for Devontae Adams as well. So uh, maybe it's all not as bad as the statistics make it out to be in just terms of a low number of receptions, but... As you explain it, there's definitely a reason for it. Um, offensive line, you allude to it earlier, Nathan, in the running game. Uh, I'm I'm interested specifically about David Bakhtiari and how has he done compared to other left tackles in the NFL through three weeks? He, of course, got the big extension. Uh, he's been doing very well so far this season. In our PFF ratings, we have him as the third best left tackle based on these past three games for everyone. Um, it's mostly due to what he's done in pass protection. He's only allowed one pressure in each of these three games. Um, while there are left tackles who have allowed fewer pressures, when you take into account uh, just how many dropbacks the Packers have, how many of them are seven-step drops, uh, taking into account things like screen passes, which other teams do a little more than the Packers do. And when you take all of that into account, uh, Bakhtiari has graded out as the best left tackle in pass protection so far this season. Um, run blocking, he's been very average, um, a little above average against Detroit, a little below average against Minnesota. But average run blocking out of him is still a big step up from what we've seen the last three years in terms of his run blocking. So, so far, he's been playing better than he's played before, and he's definitely earning the contract so far. I think Packers fans will take that, the number one pass blocking left tackle thus far. I like it. Uh, we're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning, Nathan, let's turn our attention to the defense. What does Julius Pepper's snap count look like compared to last year? And do you think it's helping his effectiveness? Because they really went into the season wanting to, you know, lighten his workload, let's say. First, his playing time has been cut down a bit. He was seeing around 66% of snaps last year, and that's down to 42% this year. So basically for every three snaps he was playing last year, he's only playing two. And typically that one snap he's been missing has been a running snap. So last year he wasn't grading out too well against the run. So now that he's rushing on a higher percentage of his snap, that's helping him look better. 
but also he's been more consistent as a pass rusher this year. Uh, last year on a per-play basis, he was only average at getting pressure, but thanks to a lot of those being big plays that he was doing in the in pass rushing, he ended up grading pretty well. But this year he's been more consistently getting pressure. So right now we have him ranked as the 11th best uh, pass rusher in terms of 3-4 outside linebackers or 4-3 defensive ends. So that's a little bit of a step up from last year. So, so far I think the plan is working and cutting down the snaps and letting him be more effective when he is on the field. That's really interesting about his run defense being off the field. I wonder how much that has contributed to the off, the Packers being so good against the run this year that it's not Julius Peppers and maybe a guy like Nick Perry playing more. Um, maybe that's uh, something for some enterprising reporter to dig into, but uh, Nathan, in the secondary, I saw Ladarius Gunter graded out as one of the top cornerbacks this week by Pro Football Focus. Can you tell us a little more about how he fared against the Lions? I think this is deserving of some recognition. Sure. Uh, he was thrown at five times in this game. One of them was a pass defense, which really he probably should have intercepted it. But still stopping a ball from being caught is, and not intercepting it is still a lot better than allowing a catch. Uh, then another two times, the ball fell incomplete, and that was partially due to him doing so well in coverage, having close coverage there. Uh, then the other two passes were complete. Uh, one of them was a short first down, and then the other was one where he made a tackle for a loss. So uh, when a cornerback can do something well on 80% of the passes thrown his way, or when a cornerback allows zero receiving yards in a game on 45 coverage snaps, uh, that's really good. So that's why he graded out so well in this game. Good to see. Uh, I might even say it's the best game of his young career so far. Uh, and speaking of cornerbacks, how did Demarius Randall grade out given, you know, he had the one big play, but it was among quite a few others in which he got beat? Uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as the week before, but Randall still didn't grade well overall. Um, like you said, he had the one huge play, and that graded really well on that individual play. But he also played a big role in Marvin Jones having 205 receiving yards in the game. Uh, some of the plays were just on Randall, a few others. It was both him and the safety that didn't grade well. But there were just a lot of plays where Randall wasn't just beat, but he was beaten pretty badly. Um, he was at least partially responsible for four of those six catches. So, again, we're kind of seeing extremes out of Randall. Or we saw an extreme good week one, extreme bad week two. This time we're seeing it within the game, some extremely good play and some pretty bad ones. So this week I think we saw more bad than good, though. Yeah, hopefully we see more consistency out of Demarius Randall, but at least he got that interception. Uh, Nathan, uh, kind of maybe not looking at the Lions game in specific here, but the, the Packers remarkably have 13 first-year players on their roster. I'm just kind of curious, out of out of all of them, out of all these rookies, who's standing out thus far? Well, on offense, I think the only one that's really seen much playing time, if at all, is Trevor Davis, and he dropped the only pass thrown his way. So we're really looking at the defense here. And on defense, I think most impressive has been Kyler Fackrell. Um, on 32 pass rushes, he has a sack in four hurries, so... Although he hasn't had a ton of pass rushes, he's been pretty consistent at getting pressure when he's been on the field. And on top of that, I'd say he's been the most impressive special teams player out of the group. Um, he has two nice tackles, so 
while there's other Packers that have also looked good in special teams, I think just looking at those first-year players, he's been the best. And then I think it's also worth mentioning Blake Martinez has looked pretty good against the run so far, has made a couple of plays. And although it's on a small sample size of just three games so far, um, if he keeps this up throughout the rest of the season, he's probably going to be the best Packers inside linebacker against the run that we've seen these past few seasons. Um, he has missed a couple of tackles, and he's allowed some catches, so his coverage hasn't been great, but his play against the run has been impressive so far. Yeah, uh, who would have thought that uh, had had a, anybody would have guessed that Kyler Fackrell would be the number one rookie for, through the first three games, albeit small sample size, but good to see nonetheless uh, from a guy I don't think many people had high expectations for uh, right away. Uh, but we're we're letting Nathan go during the bye week next week. So in the meantime, Nathan, uh, seeing as you know, there's no Packers game this weekend, and and maybe Packers fans out there are looking for some Packers content to read or football content to read. Can you tell them about what's available at ProFootballFocus.com with a subscription? Sure, at ProFootballFocus.com. If you go to the website, you'll see plenty of great content that we have content going up all the time um we have a bunch of products that you can get as well our player grades product you can see where we grade every player on every team throughout the nfl uh, we have the depth charts and rosters of the team so you can see what the packers defense looks like in their base defense what they look like in their dime defense uh, how that matches up against their upcoming opponent or you can ha- make a custom matchup to see how they would match up against any opponent um, we also have some great fantasy tools, daily fantasy ones uh, to help you win your leagues there, as well as season-long tools. And then also we have plenty of college content as well. So if you want to read up about the Badgers, we have another big game uh, this upcoming week. We have content on college football as well. So uh, plenty of great things that we offer at Pro Football Focus. Sounds good. Nathan, enjoy the bye week. I'm sure you'll be working through it, even though the Packers aren't playing. But thanks so much. A lot of great information today. And as always, thanks a lot, Nathan. No problem. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central. On a Wednesday morning, glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. So a few notes here that have come out in the aftermath of the Lions game. Tight end Jared Cook, uh, we knew he was injured. We saw him come off the field during the game and reporters after the game observed him walking with crutches and being in a walking boot uh, after the contest. But we really didn't know the specifics. But on Tuesday, reports surfaced that Cook suffered the dreaded high ankle sprain. And I say that in relation to a low ankle sprain, which is regarded as less serious. Uh, Although there are certainly worse injuries to sustain overall here. Um, But, you know, this is a concern for the Green Bay Packers. You know, while the defense has had its share of injuries coming into this Lions game, several starters out, this is now the most concerning injury on the offensive side of the football. Now, it certainly comes at a good time during the bye week, but the question is whether Cook will be ready in time for week five when the Packers return for the bye 
and I'm not sure whether he will or not. And if I had to guess right now, I would tend to think he would miss a little bit more time. And whereas many of the defensive players are expected back, you know, the Morgan Burnett's, the Clay Matthews, the Latroy Guyans, the Dayton Jones, Cook is a little bit more of a question mark than them. Although certainly Sam Shields and his concussion remained a big question mark too. Maybe maybe they're in the same boat a little bit. Um, you know, temporary injured reserve is an option for Cook. Although I know according to reporter Jason Wilde, the injury is not considered season ending in a report he published um, or that he wrote. Um, so injured reserve may not be an option for Jared Cook, but this is definitely wor- something worth monitoring here. And I would say this would be something that very much could hurt this Packers team if he's out for a significant amount of time. Although that is, you know, far from being uh, a certainty at this point. Um, just kind of bringing it to your attention here. Now, without Cook, the Packers could be down to two tight ends on the roster with Richard Rodgers and Justin Perillo. And, you know, I think they can get by for a game or two or a few with just two tight ends, uh, as long as perhaps they do have a healthy fullback. And uh, that's another concern uh, with Aaron Ripkowski being injured as well. But, you know, maybe with the bye week, he'll be able to come back. We'll see on that front as well. Um, the Packers do have a fourth tight end on the practice squad in Devin Kajust, but I tend to think he's not quite ready for regular season action yet, uh, seeing as, one, he's just a rookie. Number two, he's making the transition from wide receiver in college to tight end in the pros. Uh, so are there definitely some obstacles for him to clear? So I'm just not sure the Packers can rely on him quite yet. And, and the practice squad is probably a good place for his development in the interim. Um, but definitely kind of uh, the biggest, perhaps the biggest you know, news to come out since the Lions game here, this injury to Jared Cook, who of course was the team's big free agent acquisition during the offseason. Well, so we'll continue to watch. Uh, in other less notable news, I guess, uh, the pack Robertson Daniel, a cornerback uh, on Tuesday, which was a little curious given that he was only signed just five days prior. So he was basically around for two or three days of practice last week. And it makes you wonder if the Packers didn't like what they see or they just feel more comfortable about the cornerback position now that Josh Hawkins is back and healthy. And maybe they like the development of Herb Waters as a cornerback after recently changing positions. Um you know, there there could be multiple reasons that the Packers already released Roberts and Daniel, but it leaves an opening on the practice squad, and uh, we'll see what the Packers do with that. Obviously, there's there's no rush for them to fill it right away, so maybe that's something they do during the bye week is bring guys in for workouts like they, you know, they pretty much do that on a weekly basis, but... 
This could be a week where they definitely fill one of those voids on the practice squad with somebody that comes in. Uh, maybe it's somebody they had in for training camp that was cut. We'll see. Uh, but that's uh, uh, something that'll happen you know, over the next week or so. By the time the Packers probably get back for practice next week, it'll have been filled by then. And, uh, you know, just, just one more thing, not really, you know, not breaking news here, but I just wanted to take a minute, uh, to draw particular attention, uh, at an article at the, I don't packersnews.com. I don't even know what, what to call it, whether it's the Green Bay Press Gazette or Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, like they combined forces. I'm, I sh- I should ask, you know, what to call, <laughs> call that now. Uh, I know the PackersNews.com is kind of the the hub for everything, so maybe that's the way to say it. But anyway, an article published there, uh, Bob McGinn's post-game breakdown, his grades, his ratings, whatever you want to call it, and in particular, his analysis of David Bakhtiari and Lane Taylor, to whom he gave game balls along with Nick Perry. It was definitely deserving. Uh, But... But sometimes I feel as it's the it's the toughest to judge offensive linemen without going back and really watching film on them. Uh, but I personally, I did not give recognition to either Bakhtiari or Taylor in my post-game chips report on our last episode of Railbird Central on Monday. You know, the blue chips and the red chips. And perhaps these guys deserved it. So I just wanted to make sure that they got that attention now by referring you to Bob McGinn's article. And, you know, that's also why I asked Nathan Yankee about David Bakhtiari earlier in the show, uh, knowing that uh, he could offer a little more analysis on the offensive line. But, but you know, just, just kudos to David Bakhtiari for a near-flawless game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, it it would have been more impressive had it come against Ziggy Ansah. Uh, But that's not Bakhtiari's fault. He kept the pocket clean and was at least partially responsible for the best rushing game of the season thus far by the Green Bay Packers. And as for Lane Taylor, this may be his best game of the season. And it's not as if he played poorly in the first two games either. But he does seem to be getting more and more comfortable with each passing week, even if he's not playing at the same level of Josh Sitton just just yet. So, but there you go. I, I, Bakhtiari and Taylor, they deserve this little bit of attention, and that's why I wanted to take a minute to give it to them, seeing as I didn't really do it uh, uh, in the Chips report on Monday, and uh, they're deserving of that. So there you go. Kudos, guys. And uh, maybe I'll try to do a bit, little bit better job with my post-game analysis, although I think I certainly gave it to some deserving candidates regardless. Uh, but that leads us into the next segment of the show. The day ahead. All right. Without a whole lot going on in the world of the Green Bay Packers this week, um, it, you know, this is the week where the talk show circuit kind of slows down because uh, the players are out of town, especially the healthy ones. Um, Maybe some of those who are injured 
decide to stay in town and rehab and things like that. Uh, but players get the heck out of Dodge and uh, not a whole lot to look forward to I'm, over the next few days, at least, in terms of the Green Bay Packers. Certainly plenty going on across the NFL other places. Uh, but just kind of one note here, at least, Aaron Rodgers was nominated for the NFL's FedEx Player of the Week Award after you know his performance in the 34-27 win over the Lions. Rodgers completed 15 of 24 passes for 205 yards and four touchdowns and zero interceptions. So this is Rodgers' first nomination of the season, uh, not getting that recognition in either week one or week two. Uh, So he'll be up against the other nominees this week, which are Trevor Simeon of the Denver Broncos and Jameis Winston of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, the winner of the FedEx Air Player of the Week uh, will be awarded, or I should say this, FedEx, the sponsor of the award, uh, will give a $2,000 donation in the winning player's name to the USO. Um, So Packers fans, uh, get out and vote through Thursday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and you can do so by visiting either nfl.com slash FedEx, or you can tweet using the hashtag Aaron Ground, uh, and then the nominee's last name. So if you tweet hashtag Aaron Ground Rogers, that counts as a vote for Aaron Rogers. And so uh, Thursday at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, voting ends, and then the winner will be announced sometime Thursday afternoon. So that's kind of what's going on in the day ahead in the world of the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers could win an award if he gets enough votes, although he does have competition from Simeon and Winston. We'll see what happens shortly. We'll know by the next episode of Railbird Central whether or not he does, and that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode of Railbird Central. And uh, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today for a little bit of taking stock of the Packers at this point in the season, an early bye week, the the earliest bye week in the NFL. Teams start having it, you know, this is after three weeks. That's when they start, and then they're kind of spaced out for the next, I don't know, eight weeks or so, however long they they do it, but um, yeah, the Packers definitely get the early one this time around. Um, but thank you so much to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest today. The live edition of the show uh, comes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, typically at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, which is the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. My call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. This show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes and search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. And uh, if you could give us that five-star rating and a brief little review, it would be greatly appreciated because it I think it helps get word out about the show, and it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. So 
Thanks a lot to those of you who have done so. Uh, that'll do it, folks. Have a good Wednesday, and we'll see you later. Uh, I leave you today with a song called Udaman by the Steve Kimock Band on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go, pack, go. Go.